How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode number 213. I'm your host, Josh, or Jay Moskers, joined this week by a special guest, B. McGraw, author of Et Al, the uh, the book about, you know, all sorts of uh, strange parody science, it's the, uh, because not all research deserves a Nobel Prize. Thank you for being here. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. You're also the chief editor of the Journal of Astrological Big Data Ecology. I assure you it's a uh, title I gave myself. <laughs> you, you, not like what I do with Digest Productions where I'm the CEO, I'm the founder, I'm, I forget what the other, <laughs> the other one I include. I like to let it's, people know what it is I have to do. When you look at someone's LinkedIn page, it's so easy to tell like when it's a title they got from their job and when it's something they mm. gave themselves. I, I my mine is somewhat joking, like on the like the emails I sent out. There are people I work with directly that they have that on like their LinkedIn, their actual email. And I'm like, you own that company. You gave yourself all of these titles. <laughs> Not entirely necessary. But they take yeah. it seriously. That's the difference. Yeah. I don't that's... take it seriously. <laughs> that's that's where it gets funny is when people are taking it seriously. Yeah, that probably depends on the company, I guess. What they're uh, it's like the a, way they're trying to um, put themselves forward. Or, it's or like CEO, owner, the COO. Um, I forget what the other title is. Like chief intelligence officer, I think was one of the other ones. Yeah. Um, I'm like, you don't do any of those things. You just. It's just, you just resume padding. Yeah. <laughs> How do I open like a, like a, 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 like a dollar store for like a week? I just run it out of my garage, give myself <laughs> as many titles as possible, and then tell people, yeah, I got in, made my money, got out, but I did all of those things. Did all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Even the accounting. I, I'm head accountant. Um, I was in charge of HR, so I've got those skills. But, <laughs> Anyway, thank you, thank you for we being only, We here. only had two employees. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> we only had two employees, myself and my dog. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, why, why don't you tell people a little bit about uh, about your book, at All right. Um, well, um, it came about, um, so I'm a researcher in uh, my day-to-day life, and um, I also started writing regularly um, about uh, 2019, started a book, and um, I kind of missed uh, writing uh, shorter form um, stories and humor. I used to do like a fake newsletter for my office. It was just filled with divas. We had enough stories for it every week and something else. Um, so I missed doing that. Um, so I finished a major story arc of uh, my novel, which I found out. Oh, well, that that I guess is the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, wanted to take a break from that and try something else. And um, uh, well, I got the funny idea for my first um, first article, which is in at all. Um, it's what, I can't remember which chapter it is specifically. Um, but it was after watching an episode of Lemmy's World, which is a really funny sketch show by a <laughs> Scottish comedian. Have you seen Lemmy's World? I've, I've heard of it. I don't, okay, I'm you, not super familiar with it at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of it's on YouTube, and that's that's how I started watching it. But um, it has that really funny elevator sketch where there are two dudes in an elevator, and it's like a voice activated, and he goes, Oi, oh, voice activation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can't understand a Scottish accent. So I thought, you know, it'd be really funny to write a paper on that and actually do like the machine learning because this was pre like 
quote unquote AI, you know, everything was just like mm-hmm. meat and potatoes, neural networks and stuff, right? Write a neural networks paper on making a like voice recognition system <clears throat> that can interface with the Scottish accent. Cause it's like, it's, it's just so hard to understand. Like you can kind of understand it, but not really. Um, so it's just like, it made sense as a joke. And then I also realized, and this is something I kind of learned writing these things is that if you think of the funny title, um, mm-hmm. with the concept of course, but if you think of the funny title that catches your eye and then work backwards from there, um, then, then it usually does pretty good. And I actually saw an author talk the other day. I can't remember what her name was, but she was saying that her best books. Um, she would just like be in the bathtub and be like, I got the title. And then, and then tell her agent and they were <laughs> like, all right, well now we got to think of a book behind this title. Um, so I thought of the title, um, you know, there's, there's no true Scottish language learning machine, you know, and be like a play off of the no true Scotsman fallacy, but then have the fake science machine learning behind it. So I yeah. took a couple days wrote it up, <clears throat> edited it some, sent it to some of my friends and engineers and other kind of science people that know all about this. And they're like, oh my gosh, you got to do more of these. Uh, <laughs> one friend friend set up a website for me, and but, but he's just like, oh, um, I think we got like three articles in before our first like, you know, poop or sexual joke or something. And he goes, oh my gosh. Uh, you're going to get me in trouble at work. I can't do this. So I'm like, all right, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do my own website. I'll take on the risk <laughs> of uh, getting in trouble for doing, um, you know, unclean humor. Yeah. Uh, I only got in trouble a few times for that. <laughs> <laughs> when I started writing those um, newsletters, it was like, um, mm-hmm. um, I, was, I was in the Air Force and I only got yelled at by a colonel once uh, for writing those things. It was it's, it's surprising what you can get away with. I think, you know, pe- people don't, don't take a lot more risk, but you know, it's worst case scenario. You get yelled at. That's eh, not that bad. Nice. Uh, you mentioned like just getting started on like the, the small, like the short form writing. That's, that's similar to what I, I mean, I've been, I've never published anything. Yeah. These are, writing. these are like, at least by word count, they're all technically like short story length, like mm-hmm. in the, like two to 5,000 word count um, articles. And, you know, and that's, that's one thing that I do try and do in a lot of mine. And when people send them in, um, Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll send them in and it will just be about the science. And like, it doesn't quite like tell a story, which is, you know, um, like in the professional world, when you're doing a PowerPoint or a paper or something, and you're like, I'm just like, I'm just trying to do like, like an analysis on this data here. And then some, Mm -hmm. some, you know, dude that's about to retire is just like, oh, I don't know. I think this PowerPoint should tell a story. I'm like, I'm not yeah. putting you to bed, dude. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you, you know, what what the implications of that test were. Um, but in, in this case, since it is for, you know, pleasure reading, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot nicer to like try and have it tell a story where it's like, um, like the author, the fictional author, like is, you know, you slowly realize that they're unreliable or like they have like a bias or something or, yeah. you know, it, it, it reads a lot better when you do it that way. And since it's all made up, it's you know, pretty, pretty easy to blend the two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you got to it, but um, yeah, one of them was like, you, you could really play on the unreliable narrator. Like two, two of the articles in the book are um, 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 someone 
these these are one of the few that like um in the book that i didn't write personally but i like heavily edited them edited them mm-hmm. um they sent them in and they were like one was on the collatz conjecture and the other was like on like a particle physics explanation of why the room was messy and i'm uh, like i'm like all right well these jokes are okay but if this <laughs> was going to be really funny i'm like let me rewrite these because it was like this is something that like this is a second grader problem so i rewrote them in terms of like a second grader who was like complaining about like how he can't hang out with his friend anymore because he's grounded and (laughs) you know it's like there's like a you know people are like reading it for the science jokes but they're also just like oh this is a shame that he got moved to a different home room because he was (laughs) talking to jeff the whole time yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said, I didn't have a chance to read through the entire book. I got through the first like three and a half. Uh, I, well, I got I got through the Great Rabbit War, and then I, okay. I went through all the titles of the remaining sections that I didn't have time to read yet. And mm-hmm. like I said, there's like the Lego one. You were talking. I think you're talking about the why my mom put me in time out for prom. It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I like I said. I I enjoy the semi-serious nature of like presenting it as though this is documented like research while at yes. the same time being completely ridiculous there i know some of the imagery used throughout there i think maybe it's the first the pirate kitty one with the dodo bird maybe it's that one there's one of them where oh yeah uh the graph is just a microsoft paint essentially drawn diagram oh yeah i have i have um, i have an ms paint app on my phone yeah. And that's usually what I use, like like little tiny screen. I'm putting the graph together. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there's a, a little sketch drawing of a cow with a circle around it. There's yeah, a, I am. I am still <laughs> trying to figure out the right way of doing those. So, because um, there's there's kind of a balance you can do where you're like suspending the disbelief that it's a real paper yeah. um, when when you add in the very real looking. Um, graphs and i think yeah. the best execution of like the the shit post graph mm-hmm. um w- like like the ms paint you're talking about was um it was like three to four pages of like very serious science and diagrams and yeah. <laughs> like very serious writing um on a very silly topic and yeah. it looks completely real and then you get to the last page page four with the results and it's one of those like really awful looking diagrams that I like, just scribbled with my um, finger, and it's it's almost like a it's like a matter of like anticipate anticipate anticipation building to to that <laughs> moment when, when it's just like oh I thought this was really real, and then all of a sudden you get to the last graph and I'm like oh no what, <laughs> which is funny like the the one I'm thinking of is um oh that one goes viral all the time it's not in the book um, uh-huh. for reasons. Um, I'll, I'll t- give me a moment. Um, I'll tell you about this one. Um, people always think it's real, and I'm like, have you seen Figure Four? <laughs> some, <laughs> and they go, the I I liked where the Great Rabbit War with the it it looks like medieval style like artwork of like knights going into battle, and it's it's like rabbits, but they have like swords, and it gets progressively more ridiculous. Where it's like a, a cross, and then they're in uh, a jet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like uh, well, the dogs with the tank and the rocket launcher. So I, I had to change that one up because, um, well, 
I couldn't figure out the right way of doing the image rights. The first mm -hmm. version of that paper, um, I only used real pictures from illuminated manuscripts, which <laughs> basically told the same story. And I think the only difference was I didn't have any pictures with like tanks and jet fighters yeah. in them, but they were all just like ridiculous pictures of like rabbits and dogs <laughs> fighting. I mean, they're all over the internet and that's kind of the joke. Yeah. Um, the, the joke for, for those listening, the joke of that chapter is that, um, you know, it's kind of when you phrase it as the what if question, it's like, what if a historian took those drawings of the rabbits and dogs fighting and murdering humans? What, what if they took that seriously and extrapolated <laughs> an entire war from the dark ages where that's like the only record? And that, that's kind of the paper is trying to find the <laughs> true location of <laughs> where it occurred. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, I couldn't figure out the image rights, but luckily by the time that we were doing the editing, um, I had mid journey. So I was able to just mid journey up some new pictures and it was surprisingly good at doing medieval art, uh, because, um, at the early, especially the earlier versions, I think back then we were on V4, mm -hmm. um, it's got, gotten better now. Like that was when... Like it mostly got everything right, but then it would give you like three hands on an animal or, <laughs> or just like oh, 12, okay. 12 fingers, stuff like that. <laughs> um, like I, and, and that really works for medieval art because medieval art and bad AI art is kind of awful in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> it like gets the idea of it right, but then screws up like one particular thing about the object. <laughs> that you're like no a dog has four legs not 12 <laughs> uh, so yeah i had to redo those images <laughs> luckily i knew how to use it by then um ai is something else i tell you it's it's um as as a programmer and researcher i, th I feel like i'm more comfortable using it uh, than mm -hmm. um, most of my creative writer friends because um I mean, when you're a programmer, you're pretty used to plagiarism. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair enough. I, I, we, I use ChatGPT and work sometimes for, to generate code on the fly. I have, oh, no, coding, so useful. I have no coding oh, background, goodness. so I, I wouldn't know where to begin with a lot of it. So I just use that as a reference point. I and mean, I do the trial and error method. <laughs> there are programmers I work with that like will be like, oh, no, they can never do it right. But I'm like... Mm -hmm. If if you know like what its limitations are, and you know that you are smarter than it, then you yeah. can do like a lot more with it. Like, because um, I'll I'll use it and I'll tell them, like, give me this graph, and we'll just give, spit out the code, and then I'll ask it for something more complicated, and yeah. then I'm like, that library does not exist. And like, same mm -hmm. thing for writing. <laughs> it's like I'll I'll like ask it for like lists of things and lists of names, but. Um, there are very few times where I ask it to give me like some paragraphs on some information. And then I go, wow, that was actually pretty good. I think I'm going to copy and paste that in. That's, I think that's only happened one time for me. Well, I got actually two times one, one for a query letter for a novel. Cause it was like, well, actually no, I had this heavily edit that one. All right. There's only one time <laughs> that I've copy and pasted chat GPT and like creative work. And I think that was, um, um, I guess he didn't get to this chapter, but um, 
there's a chapter in the book where um do you want do you know what uh, mycorrhizal networks are mm-hmm. probably not <laughs> have you seen uh last of us oh okay I think yeah. I understand what you're talking so, about. Now. So you know, like the the okay, I I know what this is. I just didn't recognize the phrase. Yeah. So so it's like the the fungal, um, and this is in real life. There are underground fungal networks that basically let trees quote unquote talk to each other, mm-hmm. um, by sending nutrients back and forth, and um, so the I think the first iteration of when I wrote this was um back when ISIS was a thing. So, and people were all freaking out about, um, um, people getting radicalized online, uh, by Mm -hmm. ISIS. Um, so the first iteration of the paper was these trees were getting, uh, radicalized online through the, through the (laughs) underground fungal networks, uh, by ISIS. And they were, you know, all about Sharia law and, you know, waging jihad on all the, um, secular nations of the world. Um, but um, by the time we edited it, I'm like, this is a funny paper, but, you know, let's re-edit this to be about, like, something else. And then we went back and forth. I almost made it right-wing extremism because that was, like, when, um, um, I think that's when, like, it was, like, post-January 6th. We were like, oh, these right-wing extremists, mm-hmm. you know, radicalizing online. And I go, you know, no, no, no. Let's, let's make it communist or international <laughs> communism because, like, that joke is, like, so old that it's just kind of funny um (laughs) since it's like hardly a thing anymore but it's like somehow still in the like the popular imagination like old (laughs) 50s style but anyhow um um this this all by the way is parodying a real paper that i do reference in that paper called the wood wide web um Mm -hmm. about how the trees are talking to each other um but i had I wanted to write um, a tree version of the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> and sometimes for this, I might start it out with ChatGPT and be like, okay, that's that's not even close, but those are some good ideas. Yeah. But I asked it to make a, a Communist Manifesto for trees about giving trees the right to vote and um, <laughs> um, take ownership because they, they kind of are you know, producing all the nutrients and we're not really giving them anything back for it. Um, So it's kind of unfair if you think about it. Um, But anyway, I asked ChatGPT to do that and I was just reading it and had the the real communist manifesto, like in another, another monitor. I'm like, okay, it, it nailed this. This is, this is going in the book. Like, I think I only had to edit like a few, a few sentences, (laughs) but yeah, everything else has just been like hot garbage. (laughs) <laughs> I like the word cloud on the trees that you have here as well, or just go some like leaves, fruit. Yeah. Sign, read, read the first exploitation. <laughs> read, read the first like few sentences of that appendix. It's like, I, I couldn't believe it got it right. <laughs> I need to pull uh, up. My, where's, where's a copy for me under the introduction or the, or the, 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 um, um, the appendix. Um, right. that's, that's the chat GPT one. Uh, a specter is haunting the forest and lumber depots. Uh, the specter of arboreal liberation. <laughs> All the powers of old earth have entered into a holy alliance to exercise a specter. The U.S. president, 
the European Union, Russia, China, India, and radical environmentalist spies. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, where no, I think the, I wrote that since I forgot. <laughs> where is the force the rest? that has not been decried as communistic by its opponents in power? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I'm like, man, first time. It got it. <laughs> and then we like we tried to use it um so last week um I had this ongoing series um between these two fictional authors, um, Dr. Tiffany Love and uh Dr. Chad Broman. Mm-hmm. Um and the jokes of all their articles are always, you know, they're they're just terrible people. Um yeah. they're they're dating each other and all of their articles are just about um them trying to manipulate each other in some like really funny, toxic <laughs> way. Um so I had them break up about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um and then two articles ago, or I guess not this last one, but the one before that. So yeah, two article articles ago. Tiffany um, to replace Chad um, does it with AI and uh, trains her own chat bot. She calls Chad GPT. Um, and then this last article was about how Chad defeats the AI to win her back <laughs> by mislabeling training data. Um, but in the process of doing that, that was like the eighth paper on that couple. And then we took, <laughs> all of our papers and a bunch of specific instructions. And we actually made a, um, like a real chat bot, Chad GPT, um, that if you, if you have the paid subscription for it, you can use this thing. I, I linked it on, on the, on the website, but Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, it's, it's so funny, but it's, it's still like not that great. Like it, it still repeats a lot of stuff. And um, it took us for, ever to get it to become jealous of anybody like we had to really fight hard to get across like the guardrails stopping all the toxic behavior but i mean we got it there (laughs) i i i love the style of humor that you employ with a lot of this it reminds me i forget what they're called it's like a a parody of buzzfeed uh, uh quizzes I can't remember what they're actually called. Oh, did you look at any of the? I do have quizzes on there. Did you look at any of them? I didn't. I didn't see the quizzes. If I'm being honest. Uh, oh man. That. What is the? Um. So there, there is, there is a website, by the way, that like uh, parodies those like really well. Called you, you've been on Clickhole, right? That's a, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Clickhole is, you know, probably one of my huge inspirations on a lot of this yeah. stuff. It reminded me of it, which is there's. Oh yeah. Hold on. I I wrote some, and this is like something I can't quite put in the book because it doesn't translate off, off of the web. Yeah. Let me, let me find a good one. (laughs) I I do have a, I do have a clickbait section on my website, but (laughs) where's a good one? I I, I just love that it, it, I remember showing these to my girlfriend and uh, her just not getting the humor, like not understanding the style of humor and just taking it somewhat seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. Um, We'll do this one. This is, (laughs) this is um, a parody of a lot of things. Um, 
It's called 38 Things Real Programmers Do, and you probably aren't one if you don't do them all. Um, <laughs> so it's the intent of the joke was one to make fun of like how gatekeepery programmers are with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, if you don't do it this way, like, what's wrong with you? Uh, which I just think is really funny with all the personal preference. And then I'll, I'll always find myself doing this in real life, which is, <laughs> I enjoyed writing it so much, but I made the listicle um, not only have like that really funny, like Buzzfeed style thing with like way too many. Personally emojis attacked. I look down at, I see the image of the keyboard on screen. I looked down at my keyboard and it's like almost. Yeah. <laughs> <It's like, "Ooh." laughs> But, uh, but also around this time was when I was experimenting with this, um, you know, fake um, writing style where you just put like way too many emojis. In. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I do I actually do have some quizzes too um, for stuff like this. The last one I wrote was which interstellar space probe are you? Cause there are a lot of deep space probes. All right. And then there's a, which step of the Krebs cycle are you? Um, which of Maxwell's equations are you? That's the ones defining um, magnetism, electricity. There's there's a lot of fun ones you, you can do like that. And then also choose your own adventures. That's another underrated web writing style. But it's a lot of work. Because each node in the story, you have to like make a web page for. So that's probably like my most time intensive stuff that I've written. Um, like uh, one of them is, can you explain your grad school research to relatives over Thanksgiving dinner? And then <laughs> can you find the bug in the legacy code? And then one is, uh, can you, this one is my first one, but it's like kind of the best. I've, I have not topped it since. It's the, can you help Dr. Smythe p-hack his way to a publishable result? So it's like, you know, a comment on p-hacking, but also just like research in general. And then it's, it just gets really, really stupid and funny towards the end, depending on which um, path you take. <laughs> but they all take like 40 hours of work to make. <laughs> I, I love, I, I've always enjoyed like the autistic side of like things that I do and like people I know do. And like seeing things like the click hole quizzes and just some things are just so unnecessarily detailed, which is what I do in like my writing, which is why oh I'm my gosh. It's yeah. just so much unnecessary detail that no one cares about. No one's ever going to read. And it's like, well, I got to do it though. <laughs> I'm, I'm wrestling with one of those right now. So the one I'm planning on writing right after this, or at least continue writing right after this. Mm-hmm. Have, have you seen the, um, the internet meme it's wednesday my dudes and then it's like a frog saying it and oh yeah just like repost it all over the place every wednesday i was gonna do um it's wednesday my dudes paper and i'm trying to decide if i want to write a real paper where i like actually do like some like analysis on some fake data about like obviously yesterday was tuesday and two days ago was monday so obviously it's wednesday my dudes um i'm either gonna do that or i'm gonna do one that's a lot like um there's this one famous one i didn't write this all right this this one you kind of have to just kind of 
and a C. All right, there's, there's the paper. I'm either going to do it like that or I'm going to do it like this. And I'll wait till you click on the link to mm -hmm. um, um, tell the readers what the what the name of the paper is. It's, uh, it's called Get Me Off Your Fucking Mailing List. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> the exact format of um, like these papers with like figures and sections. And it looks like they co coded it in LaTeX. But instead of like an ipsum lorem sum, it's it's all just the sentence. I like get me off one. Uh, get me off your fucking mailing list. That seems. I, I think I'm gonna like that section the best. Yeah. Well, the, literally everything in on this paper is just the even sentence. The graphs. Get yeah. get me off your fucking mailing list. And like one's <laughs> one's even like a flow chart that goes get me off your fucking mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm tempted to do that as well. I'm still debating. Um, <laughs> Because this would be really easy, but it's it's a matter of like when you're doing a really stupid joke, you have to figure out which direction of stupid you lean into. Mm -hmm. Because I could make it really long and this level of stupid the whole time, um, <laughs> or I could um, like make it a real paper about something as stupid as you know, why it's Wednesday and not Tuesday or Thursday and use like time series analysis on it, which would make it also funny, but in a different way. <laughs> so um, I got to figure that one out today. But um, it feels very um, Monty Python. Those were the, those guys were the kings of doing yeah. like somehow this perfect combination of a really stupid joke with like a philosophy reference. I, I think Monty Python is the root of all of my problems in my relationship in that <laughs> doesn't find them funny. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, there's, I, there's a lot of people that don't get it, yeah. but um, like we watched the Holy Grail and I could tell she was just miserable the whole time. Oh, and Holy Grail. Oh my gosh. That, that's why I showed that to her first. I was like, this is the, like the most widely <laughs> accessible one, I guess. Yeah, that, that um, one is like, I think the least accessible is probably meaning of life. And then mm -hmm. maybe some, some of the episodes of the flying circus. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then life of Brian is like so accessible, but like also might make some religious people angry. But what's funny about that one, um, you know, full disclosure, I am Christian, but that one's one of my favorites because I also am a history nerd. And the more you read about the history of that era and time, the more you realize that life of Brian is actually one of the most <laughs> the one of the best depictions of Roman <laughs> Judea there is. <laughs> Just like, oh my gosh, they have insurrections everywhere. <laughs> We're watching the Holy Grail, and there's this scene where they're like trying the woman for a witch. I'm like, what else floats? And just the confidence with which he walks up, and he's like, a duck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just on the couch laughing. Who are you so crazy. wise in the ways of science? Yeah. And she was just not having it at all. Oh, man. Like, oh. Okay. That one's so not good. The, the Flying time. Circus, I think, has the most clever humor. Mm. Like, uh, oh, my gosh. They, they have, like, so many, like, deep cut references, but, like, <laughs> just mashed between poop jokes. Like, you just can't believe it. Like, the... Okay. I love the the international soccer league where one where it's like they have the 
the Germans versus the Greeks and every player on the field is a German philosopher or a Greek <laughs> philosopher. And as soon as the ref blows the whistle, they all just start arguing with each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could not, I just couldn't get into it. So it's probably not going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they, they, it's like, I almost feel like, um, a lot of their humor like is widely accessible but then like a portion of the humor is also like you almost need like a grad school degree to get a lot of the jokes <laughs> which is right. also like kind of how i try and write it's it's definitely a big inspiration for me just watching someone be able to do both in one format <laughs> it's, it's oh, really it's the, uh, the death of mary queen of scots is what it was she got death annoyed of- by that one Death of Mary, Queen of... Was that a reference in Monty Python? Or Holy it Grail? Was Monty Python. It's just, if I remember correctly, it all happens off screen. And uh, it's just the sound of a woman being brutally murdered. Oh, <laughs> essentially. That's, that sounds like them. Yeah. And she's like, what, what's, when's it going to happen? I'm like, no, this is it. That was That's that's when it happened, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but- yeah, it's a it's definitely a certain type of humor. The clickhole ones are definitely a certain type of hum- of humor. Where yeah. again, like what was the one we did? It was uh it was like which Marvel character are you? And the entire thing is framed from the perspective of like having like a small little slave creature that lives under the cabinets eating like cashews that you've thrown on the ground or something. <laughs> that sounds and like clickhole. Like, it's just like uh do you, what uh I forget how it's framed, but it's essentially like master like if if i were to like not do my job for a day how would you react and it's just like it gets more and more it, like the entire thing is based on the master who's absolutely abusing i don't this, know like, how i, I totally dollar. missed that one wow that sounds really funny there's oh, a man. i missed how they they used to do the uh click ventures the, the their choose your own adventures because some of those were like mm. so funny especially oh, yeah, really yeah. like they they did an oregon trail one that's just <laughs> like if you're ever in a road trip with a bunch of people and you're like don't want to listen to podcast or music like just have someone go on their phone and do a click venture and just read it aloud in car in the car yeah. and have everyone vote on which path to take it's like very fun <laughs> But, Does Master like the which Marvel superhero are you quiz I prepared for him? Does it please, Master? <laughs> oh, Master, you're here. How wonderful. It is I, your humble servant, oh, Gondor. Writers on that so website much. are so genius. I love the, um, you know, hats off to whoever came up with this one. The way they do the queen. <laughs> the, the queen articles are just like, me and my friend, like, always, like, texted them to each other like as soon as they came out new queen article (laughs) it's it's just like they just found a way of like if the queen had access to a computer and like (laughs) didn't know how to type which is what i would assume this is this is what it would look like (laughs) hope i think i hope i think am addicted to inter (laughs) i cannot wait to lose this wiggly tooth (laughs) and it's always password king charles (laughs) yeah oh my gosh it's fantastic it's just the way they do it is like you you, kind of have to read 
Yeah, some some people are just like, uh, yeah, I was talking with my girlfriend uh, about like, you know, it's it's kind of hard to find like people that work in like humor um, literature and, and like we're just humor in the written form. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it feels like humor is like something that's easier to do when it's spoken. I'm like, I, no, I, th- I think it's very easy to do in the written visual form, like these papers or clickle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think just, just like, well, maybe, maybe it's just, uh, I don't know what it is. I think but people there's, there's find a lot of ways communicate to sarcasm at times in a written way, especially on like places like Reddit, social media, I guess. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if it's social media, got to do the back backslash S that's yeah. like common procedure now. Well, I mean, cause well, if it's a comment section, um, mm-hmm. then you kind of have to, because it really is hard to tell. <laughs> but, yeah. um, well, what I love is, um, especially on Reddit is, um, I almost enjoy the, um, the ironic po- uh, subreddits way more than the, the serious ones. And actually got I got into a tiff over this over a couple <laughs> of the writing subreddits this week is um so I was working my query for my historical novel on um, um Otho and he's a, he's a failed Roman emperor he he was like emperor for like three months but his story is just wild so I, I wrote a book about it trying to get it published but um. So I'm working my query because I want to at least try and get traditionally published with this thing before I'm like, all right, all right, I'll just pay an editor and self-publish. So I posted it um, in r slash pub tips, which is basically like, um, this is a great subreddit if you're looking for advice. It's like everyone there is like so serious and professional and very, very knowledgeable. Like I've learned so much about it. So I post it and like half the comments are just like, there's no market for this. Like no one reads historical fiction unless it's romance. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know it's not a big market compared to romance. Like you can make that argument for any non-romance genre. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I made a meme for on r slash um, um, uh, uh, writing circle jerk, which, you know, also <laughs> love that subreddit. It's, it's just so funny people on there are hilarious, but you know, it's funny, like instead of doing the backslash S for sarcasm, it's backslash UJ unjerked. If you want to be sincere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I made a meme about that. Whereas like the one from Arthur where the, the sister is reading a sign and she just goes, that sign can't stop me because I don't know how to read. And it was something like, you know, this genre doesn't have a market or something, (laughs) but I posted a new query this week in uh, pub tips after I did some editing on it and like minutes after I posted someone goes if you don't like our advice are you gonna whine about it on writing circle jerk <laughs> and I'm just like oh wow they saw that huh <laughs> only if it's funny and then uh, like some other dude like chimed in got like crazy crazy angry about it like so entitled to think you can make fun of us and come back here wanting advice i'm like whoa 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 <laughs> and then the mods the mods did you know actually good modding and you know lock those comments because it's like going off the rails fast but it's like you know love all of the good intellectual thought behind the serious subreddits and all that but oh my gosh some people on there just like take themselves way too seriously it it's frustrating at times on just on reddit in particular where people will gatekeep their community so hard, uh, which is like, 
hey, I'd, I'd like to, you know, learn about this particular thing. It's like, all right, well, we have a, you know, about us tab. Like, go over there and read everything and then come back. It's like, well, I just, just need an answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that happens, especially on some of the really big ones. Um, what's either the big ones or the ones that want to be taken really seriously, like get really mm-hmm. strict about like modding away some of, some of the dumb jokes or whatever. Like, yeah. man, I've had so many like solid memes get removed from r slash memes. <laughs> and they're like, your title was too low effort. I'm like, how is that a problem? <laughs> is it the actual memes subreddit where it's just one guy that's almost in charge of all of it is it only one guy i didn't know that i i might be i, I could be wrong there's one of them yeah. where it's like that huh. uh memes i can't remember hmm. yeah i don't know but it's always funny because sometimes it's, it, no, it's not it's not it's a different one there's a there's uh, one subreddit in particular where they have like a weekly like poll where it's uh, i forget it's been so long since i was on there but it's like a weekly pull for like their whatever favorite thing is of the week or something. I don't remember. Mm. But only one guy's allowed, like the rules of the sub is like he's the only one allowed to post it. <laughs> and it, it gets like 200,000 upvotes every time. So this guy is like 100 million karma and everything. Oh, like, the whole thing is based around him being overly controlling in that regard. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, he probably has to do that. Otherwise, people would post it all the time. And then it's Maybe. not a good post anymore. I mean, there's there's <laughs> reasons for that. Oh, um, segue alert! I did not mention yet um, for the listeners who are on Reddit and would like a lot of the comment uh, or content from my book or website. We do post on um, a subreddit that was started by another guy that writes these articles. Um, I don't know his real name, but he goes by the uh, Gunther Schlank is his uh, pin name. Um, but, uh, it's called r slash immaterial science. And, um, he started his own fake journal. Um, that's very, um, he, they, they accept all types of, um, um, fake science content, but, um, um, it's primarily chemistry, uh, focused, mm-hmm. but he started that subreddit and then someone sent, sent me a link to it and I go, Oh my gosh. And then, you know, message them and, you know, now, now I mod that subreddit and it's, it's been growing ever since. I think we're like about, gotta be at least about three years old now. And, um, I think we're about to hit 19,000 members. Like it's growing. Nice. Uh, but, um, it's nice though. Cause, um, cause I'll post my content, but also like they're like, I am not the only person that writes these things. I just might be well, they have the Journal um, of Immaterial Science. The yeah, they, they do, and they they uh, compile them into volumes every so often, though he hasn't been as active lately. And uh, last I asked, I think it's, you know, his job just, like, got busy. And if he's got a busy job, and I think he's doing his PhD as well, like, he's going to have almost no time for this. Um, while I am procrastinating on ever starting my PhD by doing this. So uh, we're going at, at it different different directions here. Um, but yeah, that's one. There's another one that I still need to submit to called Sigbovic, which is a, a parody uh, computer science uh, journal out there. Um, and there's another astronomy one someone linked me to the other day, but I see the articles off of this one all the time. 
but there's, it's a lot of jokes about dark matter and stuff because um, dark matter is kind of easy to make fun of. Um, and then the Sigbovic, the Sigbovic journal, I think is the most interesting one. I need to go, um, but it's in uh, uh, Carnegie Mellon. Um, I think the comp site department actually puts that on as like an official thing. And they get a bunch of submissions every year. It's kind of impressive how, how big they get it. But those are like primarily uh, computer science focused. Um, and then there's a lot of people that write these things regularly. My favorite um, author out there, other than myself, um, would probably be um, uh, Eve Armstrong. She does an April Fool's uh, Day paper every year since like, oh gosh, it's probably like 2012. She's been at it for a while. But as far as like the style of humor in it, the amount of science, uh, the style behind it. And um, there's a certain quality of the graph where it's like the graphs look like they're real figures or they do belong, but it's like clearly a joke, but also yeah. like funny in a certain way. Like she just, she just nails it um, with the content all around. But yeah, unfortunately I wish she would write more. She only does like one a year. Um, mm -hmm. But they're all fantastic. So, you know, just just to put that out there, like, um, you know, we, we do post um, other, other people's articles on um, immaterial science. It, it, it probably won't let you post, but like if you just post like like a screenshot of uh, your paper pages on, like I'll, I'll, I'll prove it, you know, yeah. assuming it is, you know, funny science uh, for those <laughs> out there wondering. Um, but yeah, it's. Like I am not the only person that writes this genre. I, I just like it. Just turned into a hobby because I'm a researcher and I like writing uh, and I like writing regularly. So I, I try and do these like at least one a month, maybe like two a month if I'm like feeling productive. Not this time of year when it gets dark so early. I I can never <laughs> it can never be that productive when it gets this dark. I wish you had Six. written this when I was still working at the university. Uh, that was like seven years ago at this point um i would have absolutely put these on the shelves in the, oh, the student store <laughs> you know it's funny so like um <clears throat> like because like like this is a genre but like usually people don't compile them into books because they're either like so specific like the ones i was just telling mm -hmm. you about um that I actually do compile them they're like pretty specific to like different disciplines like chemistry or computer science or whatever, or yeah. the astronomy one. Um, but even then, like, like I don't know if there's like other like compiled books, um, like, like the, the one I put together with at all. So Man. there's not really like a marketing mechanism for it. And one, one weekend, my dad just goes, he calls me and goes, I just got a great idea for you. And I'm like, what to market your book? Just, leave them around campus. I, yeah. I, I, I work at, uh, I'm a researcher on the Georgia tech campus and I'm like, that's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> so <laughs> me and my friend, I didn't go there. I just worked there. Um, yeah. one of my friends that graduated there, um, he and I walked around after work one day and just left a bunch around campus. And just like, I wrote on the inside of one of the covers, like property of the Howley physics building, do not remove. <laughs> And then just left it on a coffee table. And about a month later, um, I'm, I'm posting 
something or one of the articles on Reddit somewhere. Um, Cause like, on, honestly, like I wrote almost every article um, that, that it could be a solid Reddit post, like on mm-hmm. at least one subreddit, um, <laughs> which that, that alone is like where like 90% of the marketing, to be honest, like, <laughs> I mean, but, but it is like, you know, it by itself is a good post, yeah. um, which is kind of how I've, done a lot of my humor development anyways posting on reddit and well, i guess imgur back in the day <laughs> mm. i used to do imgur that's kind of <laughs> kind of sucked lately I, I can't remember where that diverged but um so yeah about a month later um off of one of those posts someone in the comments section goes did you leave this in the Halley physics building <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, you found it! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I. I kind of want to do that um, with some other campuses. It'd be that'd be really funny. Um, yeah, for, if I would have gotten trouble uh, if I did that because I could have had them. Hey, like, um, I, I worked in purchasing, so I would have gone. I could have go down to like the uh, the student bookstore and like go to their textbooks department and just print out a shelf label for it and pretend like it was part of a class. Oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, like I said earlier, you know, worst case scenario, just get yelled at. Yeah. And that's not that bad. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the one, that was the worst lesson. uh, Huh? I wonder how, how many students would see that it wasn't on their, their sheet of required materials and ignored it though. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. They, yeah, they were often people, confused, as is. As far as I could tell, people were getting a kick out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, the one oh, thing we were yeah. trying to figure out, though, was um, um, what is a good spot where it will look like it belongs that, so that when cleaning staff comes through, they don't just toss it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a magazine, some kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if it's a magazine in a stack of magazines, then it mm-hmm. looks like it should belong. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. a, I think it's a pretty solid strategy, though. No, I think I, I think we did get a sales uptick around when we did it. Um, <laughs> I that was before I had better analytics, so I honestly have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, it's never had to market something before. But you know, I do want it to be successful. You know, I'm yeah, on here, aren't I? <laughs> I'm trying to talk about it. But, uh, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned it before the show, before we wrap here, uh, the process of publishing it. You said it was a an experience. Oh, my gosh. Well, it was so funny. Um, so about, I guess it would have been a little bit more than a year ago um, in December. Um, I, was, I was working the Roman novel um, some and I'm like, I'm tired of editing this. And I also like wrote another novella that I need to, you know, edit and put out there, probably just self-publish mm-hmm. that one called a, a work trip to Mars, which I based off of experience. Anyway, uh, random trains of thoughts all over the place. Um, I, I just, uh, so one of my articles is very popular. It's the first one of the uh, Chad and Tiffany series. Um, and it's one that I thought of the title and then I worked backwards from there, but it was really tricky to work backwards from the title because it's really sexist. Um, but the title is called um, uh, a time series analysis of my girlfriend's mood swings. So 
I, I'm like, man, if I wrote that in a paper form, like almost anyone's going to click on that for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't want to write it if it's like going to be straight up sexism. And that's when I thought of the like, Oh, I can do like unreliable narrator and it can just be like the funny back and forth thing where it's like, it's slowly revealed in the paper that the author is just a dumbass and like, he's like the crazy one and the girlfriend like has normal reactions and behavior to his asinine, um, uh, behavior. But anyway, um, the, the uh, tragic truth of the internet is, um, I have plenty of, not edgy material that's just as funny but people click on the edgy material way more than they click on the non-edgy material and that one just goes viral all the time i wish it was some of my other ones but you know anyway that that one goes viral on you know facebook and reddit and linkedin a few times Mm. somehow um but like (laughs) these these publishers um uh, packed they're a british company um they they reach out to me and they they find me on Reddit. Um, I don't know why they couldn't figure out how to use my contact page, but you know, they, they send me a DM on Reddit, um, you know, asking if I'm the real Chad Broman. I'm like, he's not real. <laughs> if he was, he's a terrible person. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, month later we, you know, they're like, you know, so mind you, this is, this is like a textbook company, which is like, mm-hmm. this is weird. And during that time I was actually compiling, um, all the articles I had written to like, at least like self-published some volumes. I was just going to do that on like Amazon KDP. I'm like, Oh, that'd be pretty easy. I just do an edit through on them. And that's, that's when they, you know, um, contact me and I'm like, well, this will be way better if I can like do this traditionally published. I, I wouldn't have ever thought that a publishing company would be interested in this because it's not a real genre. <laughs> like, there's no marketing channel for this. So I didn't even think to look. Um, but yeah, um, we got that. Um, yeah, we got the deal uh, about a month after they contacted me. But then it was like a bunch of back and forth arguing like what articles should be let in or not. Because, you know, like I said, they're a textbook company. So they didn't want to do anything edgy. And like yeah. uh, they wanted it to be all about the Chad and Tiffany articles. I'm just like, I let's not like put this in the <laughs> forefront because it's like, if you don't get the joke that the author is the terrible person, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like the, like it's always sunny uh, type yeah. humor, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, some, some people like don't get that show until they've watched like a couple scenes. And I'm like, Oh, I see what's going on. And it's kind of yeah. like that. Um, and then they're like, okay, this is funny now. <laughs> now that I know like how it's framed. Um, like, I'm like, don't, don't put it like chapter one. Cause you know, people are going to get really mad, but they did it anyway. And then all of our editors started dropping out. They're just like, I'm not editing this book. This is terrible. <laughs> so, so I'm just like, yeah, no, I told you, like some people do not respond well to this if they don't pick up on the joke, you know, for good reason. Like that's, that's like the thing behind it. Um, so eventually they went, they made the decision that they were, they taking them all out. So those only live online now until I have enough for a solo book um, that I can make. <laughs> Which will probably be like nine years from now. I only write a few a year, you know, only when I think of a good one. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, at least you publish them. I I say this to every single person that comes on. They, uh, not, uh, sorry, not every single 
author we've had on has said this, but a lot of times I'll be like, yeah, you know, I just, I wanted to, you know, publish it and get it out there. It's like, that's, you know, that they, you know, they have reservations. I'm like, oh, maybe I could have done this differently or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was telling like, I sit here writing all the time. I've yet to publish anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. God, no, I'm, I'm the complete, pages. I'm the complete <laughs> opposite. Like I just like, I got fed up working on a novel and like, I, I had like good pace. Like I did the first draft of basically the, what I thought was like the first part. And then like, I finished mm-hmm. like basically a 215,000 word monstrosity when I realized, no, don't publish anything over like a hundred K I'm like, Oh, all right. I'll cut it off here. So what is my first novel? Like I finished like within about a year of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then I was just like, this just feels wrong writing and not sharing it. Like mm-hmm. somehow whatever most writers have where they're all, you know, bashful about sharing their work. Like I don't have that. That's not my problem. It's that it's incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> it is, what do you write? I, I do a lot of like fantasy. Like if you look at the descriptions of the podcast, that's like, it's fantasy sort of uh, oh. Dungeons and Dragons esque almost. Okay. Um, I mean, I, a I lot like of people fantasy write stuff. fantasy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people yeah. write it and a lot of people like reading it. The only fantasy yeah. I've ever really been able to get into, like, you know, even Lord, even Lord of the Rings, like I liked it as a kid, but when the movies came out, I'm like, these movies are better. Um, it's hard to read those books. Yeah. Um, my, my problem is I just write a lot of creative elements as opposed to the story. Like I said before, ooh. like I do a lot of the in-depth, like, oh, here's the, the, you know, the country. Here's how like the different biomes are throughout the different areas. Of the oh country. gosh. <laughs> you can't, like, man, you can write, you can write that, but it can't go in the book. No, that's the problem. Like it's, it's, it's me building out the world and not writing the actual plot. Oh, I bet you. I bet I like, you. I've, I've got the trade system worked out. The religion, like, <laughs> every, like, yeah, they they would, you know, these types of trees wouldn't be great for construction. So th- they have to import a lot of the trees from this area, but they outsource it like their fish. You know, um, I I relate to that though because you know when I was doing my uh, Roman historical fiction, like. I, I had to do so much research for that, especially because like, I don't know if I can call it narrative nonfiction, but like it's following a real world story with a real world character where all of the major plot elements are true. However, yeah. like it's it's um, during during 69 AD, one of the Roman civil wars. And mm-hmm. during that period, like, well, really like any any period of antiquity, um, you have multiple sources and a lot of them will contradict each other. And, Mm -hmm. and you kind of have to just like fill in a lot of gaps yourself or say, I like this more than the other, but then you can also get lost in the like, okay, so this character's going from this town to this town. He's traveling by horseback. Okay. So how long is that going to take him? Do I need to describe the journey? But what was funny, and I'm I'm so mad they didn't come out with this until um, uh, when I was halfway done, uh, after I finished the first one and was, like, writing the second one, is someone, like, compiled a list of all of the Roman roads and basically made, like, a map quest for ancient Rome. <laughs> it's like, you can check boxes, cool. like, you can travel by land, you can travel by um, water, you're carrying gear, you're not carrying gear, how fast are you going, and I'll tell you how long it takes to go from one place to another. Yeah. You can even do seasons. It was, it was something else, but yeah, if there was a lot of stuff like that, like I just like wasted so much time getting into I, the, the 
toughest though was um um the beginning of the book starts with a love triangle in between the, my main character um nero and um nero's second wife Pompeia. and this is all real by the way but that was the problem was there were two women characters in the mix during that Pompeia and then uh, nero's mother agrippina the younger and like you get every different interpretation of what that character's motivation was from all the different history sources and i think Mm -hmm. i spent like a month researching both of them (laughs) before i could figure out how to portray them in the book and i think i settled on like Pape was just kind of like in it for the luxury or something but it's just like I, i think i just wrote her as like kind of a passive character but also like a you know, a self-respecting passive character. And then mm-hmm. Agrippina, the younger, like the more I read about her, I'm like, okay, she's just like a really annoying helicopter parent. But this was after like listening to like dozens and dozens of podcasts and reading books. Yeah. On it. But yeah, no, you can do that on, on almost anything. <laughs> I have, I have three notebooks on my desk here in front of me that are filled out. I have an, another journal that I like keep notes in. And then I do all my actual like quote unquote writing on the computer like i have yeah. sticky notes in it where it's like oh here's like uh like ancient civilizations in their world here's the weather systems the foliage oh my uh, gosh. How, how the environment affects them how do they get how does their trade system work what's their religion like and it's just <laughs> unnecessary like oh, their that's... clothing like what type of clothing would, they would wear depending on what areas they live in it's so and wildly, it just, yeah. It's like you can't, put that, you can't put that in the book, but you end up doing it anyway. Or at least I can sort of do that on the on on the the journal, the fake journal articles. Like mm-hmm. they get funnier the more that you do that. Like uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks, about a month ago, I, I wrote I wrote one <laughs> where the ca- these cats were writing their own research paper on the best way of getting more wet food from their owners, and like before I knew it. Like I was actually doing wavelet analysis from like real like uh, dot wave files of cats meowing. And yeah. I'm just like, I have real wavelet analysis in here. How did I get here? <laughs> My thought process is obviously I'm not going to like actually include all of the information. Oh, yeah, in yeah. Natural writing. But the point is like when I'm writing, it's like, oh, here's a character that comes up. They're in this area. So what would this person be wearing most likely? What would their job be? And just yeah. like turn that into like one or two sentences, but it provides the information that the reader needs to understand that area from just one character. Yeah, that's that's and kind it of the key. I enjoy doing that. Like, <laughs> and so it just gets out of control very quickly. I think people really um, enjoy well-researched um, or developed um, ideas and writing, whether it's fantasy or sci-fi or historical fiction or what I'm doing. It's just yeah. like, can you distill, you know, and this is almost the joke in research is like, I read, um, you know, a 15 page paper um, just to write one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I think that that translates to research and creative writing. <laughs> like, I, I think I do about like, five or six hours of research on each one of my papers. And like, unless it's in something that I actually know about. Like, like some of the, some of the papers are like not definitely not what I do in real life, but um, kind of adjacent so that I don't have to do research. And then the others I'm like, 
almost treating it like like a high school like <laughs> paper yeah. for my science class. It's kind of funny. Like, that, like, I, like cursory I, like knowledge I like having the information to fall back on. Oh yeah. So, to be like, but oh, well, how, how, this doesn't make sense. Why would this happen? Oh, I could just tweak it to be like this because it would make sense for the the demographic of that area, sort of thing. Yeah, but it's like you got you got to take all of that information and just think to yourself, all right, how do I how do I distill this into something entertaining and interesting? Or like mm-hmm. for me, like how do I distill like this entire paper into a funny joke? Yeah, because um, I've tried reading like it's like, like you yeah. mentioned with Lord oh of the Rings. Oh my gosh! Like, I was well, like, this is terrible. Some people really do like that stuff. Like, you know, yeah. I wonder if I if people just like presented because there's probably a lot of people writing books like that and they're just like mm-hmm. i'm just gonna self-publish it because i don't want to deal with you know all these editors trying to take away all of my backstory yeah. like i wonder if there is like you know kind of a small to medium-sized market of like people mm-hmm. that really like reading the details like they really like reading like a dictionary about like a made-up <laughs> world i don't think it's the content that's the problem i think it like i said it's the way it's presented sometimes like, I think there's a huge audience for, like, obviously, The Lord of the Rings is wildly popular. I think there's a large audience for The Silmarillion and the content, but it's just difficult to read. All right. Times. All right. And we're not even mentioning, you know, the world building elephant in the room of like mm. every single writer you've ever talked to is just like, well, you know, the best example of world building is obviously Dune. Have you read it? No, that thing's mm. so long. Yeah. <laughs> People always talk about it like it's the best thing ever, but no one ever reads it. I think I only got a third of the way through before I'm like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> I forget how many books there actually are. I've read the first three. I think I read a third of the first one. I'm like, interesting. Total. Don't got the time for that. It's one of those series too where it goes from like the the you have the main characters in the first couple books, and it's like their kids, and then it might be it's a grandkids. Like I said, I didn't read far enough to know what happens in the later books. But I'm pretty sure it's like generational. And yeah, like, okay. yeah, I think so. <laughs> I started I started watching the memes on R slash um, Dune memes, and I, I think I need to read like watch a synopsis on it because I sort of know what happens, but then I keep yeah. seeing like these like um, you know references to well, this was the last you know book that could have been turned into a movie. I'm like, wait, what happened after that? <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I might need to read it, some of this. It gets, it goes really off the rails as well. I think that's and what I've heard. Like people are getting turned into worms and things. And I'm like, Whoa. Oh, is this oh, like, um, you know, spoiler alert, like attack on Titans type thing with <laughs> the uh, Titans are people. <laughs> and then everyone becomes a, not literally, but like, it seems like every character ends up becoming a Titan. Seemingly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this person was a Titan. Oh, they were as well. Oh, this guy's gonna become a Titan. That's like, oh that was that Titan. was another one. Well, like I I I followed a lot of the at least that that one through the show. But like mm. I had this I have this one friend that got like way too into it and like <laughs> was well, he was like really, really into like all of the backstory and the mechanics behind the mm-hmm. world building. And then I was just like, look at my phone in the middle of watching with him. He's just like, nope, nope, you missed this. You know, he said this thing. Do you remember this one thing that this one character said 15 episodes ago? I go, no. He goes, oh my God, we have to rewatch that episode. I watched, so I eventually I stopped watching two it. seasons. I know I watched the first season. I don't know if I remember I watched season two. I don't know where it cuts off at. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. And then I was I like, all right, well, apparently 
I don't, it, I don't think they finished the show yet. They just did, they? I think. They just did? Okay. I knew they were, like, about to. Yeah. Cause I, I did the thing where I was like, I'm going to go to the the uh, manga for it. I'll just read through that. You and know, I, I, I found a... I, I, uh, me and my girlfriend came up with a perfect line for this um, that I wish I used for... Um, game of thrones is i'm gonna just tell people i'm waiting for the next pandemic to watch that yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just i couldn't get into it at for a while because it just gets so ridiculous and i'm just like i'll skip to the end and then i get to the end i'm like all right I'm, well, I'm glad I watched the first two seasons and called it quits. <laughs> well, it's it's not that it's like ridiculous as much as it is. It's like it's so much world building that I just can't keep up with mm-hmm. like all of the well, not even like world building, but like there's a certain point where when the plot gets so dense that I'm like, I know it's this just, is significant, but I can't so remember why. It's and intertwined. Yeah. Um, OK. OK, whatever. Uh, all right. I, 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 I respect this, but. I think I'll pass. That's, that's the problem I have. Like, I only have so much time, in, like in my day, and uh, so like one of the, one of the game genres I really get into is like RPGs, but it, they're just such time sinks. Oh my gosh! Like, oh, finished, here's another new game that comes out. Here's another. Finished one. Starfield the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh God, <laughs> did I spend so much time on that? That's the problem. Like we like uh, we played. Oh, I forget what it was we played previously, but like we have like Baldur's Gate three. Which is a huge game, Starfield, like you said. I played that. Yeah. Some some of out. the new ass mm. creates are like really good, but you could still spend like hundred to yeah. hundred hours in them. That's like, it's like Val, Valhalla was like way too much gameplay. Like they could have condensed <laughs> that a little bit. Yeah, the the last Assassin's Creed game I played, like that I invested. I have Valhalla, but I didn't get that far into it. The last one yeah. I played a ton of was Odyssey. Odyssey was was good. Of the new ones that are like the huge world, the huge open world ones, I liked Origin the best because they did such a good job on the um, on the ruins and especially Mm. um, Alexandria was just like so great. I played Odyssey because it was a time period I was super interested in. It's generally how I Peloponnesian Peloponnesian world is wild. You should read. uh, Do you remember the character Alcibiades from that? He is kind of a, he was like a male floozy. Alcibiades. He has a very interesting story that goes beyond what they covered in that game. That's that's worth reading about. I I read a book about. I was trying to look him up, but I don't remember how to spell that. (laughs) Yeah, this last, this last uh, summer, I read a really good book on the Peloponnesian War. Kibiades. All right, I'm gonna I'll paste a link to it so you don't have to look up <laughs> who this is. Um, um, he's one of the Athenians that um, um, you that do a lot. Not of how I was spelling it at all. <laughs> so I could find it. Ah, sorry. But yeah, he his his story in the pelt because he kind of lives like his entire adult life happens during that war because it's like thirty years long. There's a really good book I read. I can't remember the name of it. This I don't know spelling it. They have it spelled differently in the game as well. Yeah, That's but apparently, funny. apparently that was the first war yeah. where it wasn't like strictly hoplite warfare within like mm. Greek city state wars. Like they actually had like 
a lot of um, auxiliary troops and things. So it was like a lot of like slaves and common people that weren't like, you know, put on my family armor and stand in the line of phalanxes. Like it was yeah. like, apparently it was that first war. And they also like one of the first wars they really used um, horseback. And then the, the video game doesn't even go into apparently the Syracuse campaign. The Athenians tried to open up a new, um, um, front in Syracuse and it just like got bungled but apparently it was just wild because the um, the way they fought that campaign was they were sieging a city and it mm. was like um, as they were sieging it the, the people of the city were like just building a wall faster than they could advance yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just kind of a wild concept it's like something you do in Age of Empires but not real life <laughs> Oh my gosh, we were going to advance here, but now there's a wall. <laughs> Let's tear it down. Oh, there's a there's a wall behind. There's wall. another <laughs> one. God, these people. Suck. Should we go around? No, surely they won't have another wall. Yeah, I can't remember. I, f- I feel like it was something like they landed on the beachhead, and as they advanced inland, they like built built the wall faster. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a really wild war, you know. And Herodotus is you know one of the first modern day historians mm-hmm. and. You know, he, he was that because the war was just so awful that um, he wanted to tell people about how awful it was and, you know, stop uh, people from ever having a war ever again. And, uh, you know, he did it. There's never been a war ever since. Exactly. Peace yeah. and prosperity globally. Yep. Yeah, maybe, but, maybe if we need, if we write another one, people will finally listen to Herodotus. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to, to touch on. I went through all of my, my list of topics here a little over now. Oh, over. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think we, we, we covered uh, a lot of stuff, talked about history a lot more than uh, I meant to talk <laughs> about uh, science, I guess. But, you know, that, that also happens. Yeah. Yes. Pretty Not big so. intersection, his, uh, science nerds and history nerds, I think. <laughs> oh, um, you're talking about fantasy. I bet you could guess the uh, one fantasy author I do like reading. It's either Tolkien or Not George Tolkien. R. R. Martin, maybe. Nope. Or uh, Brandon Sanderson. Nope. Um, there's too many. You have to... <laughs> All right. Pratchett. Pratchett's oh, okay. Yeah, it, uh, I actually haven't read much of his his work. Actually, if I'm oh, being he's honest. so he's so funny. Um, it's it's like fantasy Douglas Adams. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I, kind of the best way of describing it. And anytime I go to a bookstore, like I, I was at one, I was visiting my brother in Detroit, and I went to the big, like four story tall bookstore that's really cool. And I asked him, just like I was looking for some. Uh, specific books but i'm like oh yeah let's, let's see if they have any pratchett here and the lady at the bookstore is like no anytime we get pratchett in people buy it in an hour we can't keep it on the shelves i'm like man that's so wild because the dude died like over a decade ago but it's still just that popular um yeah no his, his stuff is good if you should give it give it a second read um if it's been a while i have so many books to read my promise i've not bought books in Oh, because your stack's just so high. We have dozens of bookcases in our house. My girlfriend reads like crazy. I read 
when I can generally. Um, but it just, we have such a back catalog. Cause one of the things I'll do is like, I'll read a book and be like, I like this series. And so I just buy all of the books at once. How often so do you set down a book? What do you, what do you mean? Like, just like, like you start reading it and you're like, ah, this isn't driving for me. And you just set it down with no intention of ever picking it up again. Very, very rarely. I like to, I, I feel like if I only get half the, the story, I can't appreciate whether or not I actually like it. Yeah. I think I'm like, at a, be, I, th- I think I'm at like uh, 20% of the books I pick up. I like set them down intentionally and never pick them back up. Interesting. Yeah. No, like there was a book I read called Galveston, which is by Nick Pizzolatto, who is the creator of uh, True Detective. The, the TV show True Detective. He wrote a book. I think it was called Galveston, and uh, it was a slow burn. It was not particularly long, if I remember correctly. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if I can spot it on one of the shelves here in the office, but I don't know where it is. Um, but yeah, I think it's relatively short. But it was just like very slow, and I was like, this doesn't really seem to be going anywhere. And then it picks up right at the end. I was like, okay. Glad I oh my gosh. This. Well, the uh, worst are the long ones where you like realize halfway through that there's not much more story here like like that i think the first one for me like that was atlas shrugged where i'm like i really like halfway through i'm like okay no i i see where this is going and i i don't care to um um, (laughs) put all the effort (laughs) let me just read the wikipedia page yep that's what i figured was gonna happen yep (laughs) some of the book like brandon sanderson like his books are super long a lot of the ones i have yeah well some of them in particular some of them are super long, but it's like worth it. Like last last year, I finally got around to doing Karamazov, and oh my gosh, so good. <laughs> but but it's just like I had to tell myself, I'm like, all right, I'm going to only read one book for like two or three months. <laughs> but it was <laughs> so good. I don't know how he wrote three characters as different as those, and I felt <laughs> like I related to each one and also hated each one. <laughs> it's I so just- perfect. It's part, like I said, it's similar to like getting into like RPG games. Yeah, just like, it is a lot like that. Like, do I really want to dedicate all of like my free time to reading this book or playing this game? Like, because when I start something, I want to finish it. I don't like, like, I'm not going to pick up one book and then read another one at the same time. My girlfriend does that. And it, I'm like, I would like, I oh, get I'm doing like, I'm doing like three books at the same time right now. Yeah, I can't <laughs> do that. That's I, I not how to. I do it. But I'll do it read one at a time or play one game at a time generally. Yeah, but I'll I'll, I'll do like those three books over like two or three months. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, just one at, one at a time. I like to be during during the summer. Time. I'm way more likely to do one at a time because it's like I can sit outside in the sun, mm. like yeah, it's yeah. a sauna, and just read. Makes sense. Yeah. No, I just like if I if I'm reading like a fantasy novel, and it's then I switch over and it's like all right, let's read. Uh, like HP Lovecraft, it's like, well, this is, I mean, that was a terrible example, probably, but it, like, if I switch genres, something I'm like, I'm just taken out of it. Like, I'm not in the mood for the other one now. I can't go back to it because I'm invested in this other one. You know, do, does anyone ever do like, uh, like short story compilations anymore? Like, like, uh, like an Illustrated Man or Martian Chronicles type thing? Because that would be like a good answer to that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, Stephen King does some books like that, I think. Oh. I think I, there's a lot more space for short stories and uh, novelettes. Mm-hmm. Than, I'm than pretty people. sure he, he 
I mean, Stephen King writes like eight books a day, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think that's his, uh, you know, number one advice in his book. It's just like, yeah, if you're not writing good books, just write eight books a day and eventually one's going to be good. Bizarre. Uh, the right. I was trying to see what some, there was, I swear he put one out. Not, is it the bizarre bad dreams? Is that what this one is? That's 2015. I'm almost positive. He put out more since then. Yeah. I don't, my dad I don't think I've ever read a Stephen King book in my life. My dad's obsessed with Stephen King. Well, and then my little brother knows that he reads Stephen King. And so he pretends like he's also interested in Stephen King. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, I remember in, uh, uh, well, he doesn't call it it. He calls it Pennywise. Ah. Uh, he's like, he's like, oh, I remember Pennywise in, in that one. This happens at this time. It's like, you never saw that. You never read the book. He's like, I saw you watching it once. Like, you walked through the room as I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just pretend like he knows all about it. Yeah, oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, like I said, like Berserk, if you've ever heard of Berserk, the manga. <laughs> Oh, that sounds familiar, but I don't think I know anything about it. It's like a dark fantasy one. Uh, yeah. I have that full collection. There's 14. The, I just got the last one. I have the uh, collector's edition volumes. They're these big leather bound, like black, uh, thick books. They're, it's actually pretty cool looking at huh. it on the shelf because it takes up the entire shelf. It's just all these matching books oh my God. there. And then there's there's one book on the shelf below because it didn't quite fit. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I'd never read it before, and I mangas read the... or mangas really take up bookshelf yeah. space if you're if you get into those. I don't I don't read a lot of it. like I have that one and I got into that. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. So I like I said, bought the collection. I think the uh, only so I one like, I I've... thought about buying was um, yeah, what sells at work that because I watched the anime. I've, I've watched yeah. I've watched the anime like I think they put season one on Netflix at one point. I'm like, this is really mm. clever. Um, Oh, you haven't watched it? Oh, man. No, I, I know of it, but I, I've never watched it or read it. Oh, I, re I really love it because it's like I th they must have gotten like real world like doctors or biology people to like write it because like mm. they they like really characterize. Um, it's it's basically like anime osmosis Jones for anyone wondering. Um, mm. But like they have this love story between a red blood cell and a white blood cell and like each episode is surprisingly watched, like, an episode or two of this. It's it's surprisingly technical, but they still make it in a really accessible and entertaining way, which I love. Um, I, I remember starting this, but I never continued. Like, I got, oh, like, you should you should watch it. I hear the second season is really depressing because the the first season is all about like things that can happen to a healthy body. Like it gets infected by this virus mm -hmm. or something. And then they have this one really funny episode about um, like allergies where the, the cedar pollen is infecting the body and it's yeah. like harmless, but the immune system is just like going berserk, which is basically <laughs> what happens is like your body, you know, gets some like what it interprets as a pathogen and then just like, spends all of this energy fighting it, which is, you know, what gives you the reaction to the allergies. <laughs> but um, apparently the second season, which I haven't seen uh, or read in the manga, is about like an unhealthy body and what happens, you know, like 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 in smoker's lungs or something. <laughs> but, but that one's that one's real clever. I, that's I think that's the only I didn't buy the manga, but I bought it from a brother who is a doctor. 
Mm. I don't know if you read it. <laughs> I hope you at least watch the show. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't. I I just have never read a lot of manga. I have that one, and then World Trigger is another one that I read, which yeah. is like a sci-fi battle style one. Yeah, I don't think more... I've read much manga since uh, middle school because there were there were some people in my middle mm. school that were like really into Full Metal Alchemist mm. and. Uh, and uh, like someone would get them and then once they would finish and they would pass it on to the rest of us, which was you know, like a pretty good way of doing it. Um, and then it was like a group of girls that were like the most into it and they would write their own fan fiction, which um, <laughs> I knew they did, but I never found it. So one day I Googled myself and um, I found me and all of my friends from middle school as main characters posted on some manga website. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, it's their middle like, school full metal Aquas fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's, it's not making any money. It's like super obscure. <laughs> yeah. No, it, when I was in middle school, we did the like short, I did a fake newspaper, which is like a, where we just take people we went to school with, or like people we'd heard of, so anyone that people would recognize that we went to school with, and just write them into scenarios that were loosely based on real events. Like we would go snowboarding. Oh uh, yeah, well I mean that's how I that's how I started writing as yeah. an adult. Um, as um when I was in the Air Force, I was in like an experimental unit. Um. So you know, this like how to the dark side of the moon to work on the yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> so like, uh, well, I can at least say this part. Um, so like, you know how like in Ukraine, like it's basically like fought by drones, and they're all like mm-hmm. the ones that are like were toys until recently. Yeah. Well, like so like seven years ago, we were all freaking out about that because like <laughs> yeah we we saw this and we're like hmm that's not good. Uh, so so like the main job um, of the unit or at least the one i was involved with and was all, all the defensive technology against those drones and yeah. um but it's really funny because i like we went from all of these like very very serious platforms to all of a sudden we're like writing paperwork on like basically toys yeah. um and, and rc like rc airplane equipment um and and like paperwork on these planes like going up to the pentagon because there was like no differentiator on like like a multi you know billion dollar aircraft versus like a 300 dollar you know phantom dji (laughs) so (laughs) so it was like we were doing all of like the serious like stuff that you would do for normal aircraft but Mm -hmm. we were doing them for basically toys and then also like there were all these guys that like were RC airplane enthusiasts their whole life. And then all of a sudden they get to be like the super hotshot pilots. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's like, and then I was there, you know, and I was like the only person in the like office that like knew how to code and do data analysis, but like none of the methods were made. So we, we, we were yeah. just all divas and it was like super fast paced <laughs> moving and um, just a lot of personalities and funny things would happen because, you know, we were just like, you know, treating these styrofoam things like they're like really important stuff, even though they're like, yeah. just like targets and you know, <laughs> not, not that serious in any other context. But it just gave me so much material that one day we were c- collecting <laughs> radar data and we just started writing these funny like fake newspaper stories. Yeah. <laughs> and it just gave me, it got me in the habit. And I'm like, oh, this is a lot more fun than it is when, it's not for some, you know, English teacher that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. 
That's what we do. We I'd put together it'd be like ten pages long, maybe just literally on notebook paper, and we'd just be oh. made up stories and like little cartoon images we'd put in. Like it, it looked like it looked like a newspaper. I'm doing air quotes because it was a fucking child drawing. Oh my gosh. Crappy. Poor handwriting. Oh, it wasn't paper. even on a computer. It was a handwritten note. No, wow. Handwritten. And we, I Whoa. mean, over the, over the course of like the years, it was like hundreds and hundreds of pages of this we'd do. Cause like we'd go up to, to go snowboarding and then be like, oh, you know, this person like ran to a Yeti and just be like this exorbitant, like blown out of proportion <laughs> scenario. Like it'd be ridiculous. Oh, and, that's, uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. We'd just sit there, pass them around, and I'd just keep writing it. And that's what got me into writing. And then, uh, well, it's not that's not what got me there, but it's like how I got started essentially. Yeah, and yeah. then I did more longer form stuff. Like, I've been, I remember sitting down in second grade with my best friend at the time, and yeah, her and I, I would just sit uh, there and write. Yeah, I think short forms are a really good way of getting people into it. I mean, that's how I got into it was super short form, and because you don't you know. have to worry about like long term no. storytelling, it's just write down you the, can, whatever you, something you're thinking of, and then it's just over. Yeah, and you can do it in an hour, and mm-hmm. get, and then also you get really fast feedback. Yeah, you know, which which is like 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 that's how I write most of the articles. Is uh, like I I can't write these in an hour. I think I usually end up spending like you know five to fifteen hours. I think the mm-hmm. some some of them will go really fast. Like that that one about Yellowstone in the book. You might have gotten to that one because I think it's one of the early ones. I think I wrote that one in like an hour and a half. Just like after work one day, I'm like, well, I know what this one's going to be. And then just like sat down and there it was. But yeah, like 10 to 15 hours now post it. And then I get almost immediate feedback from, you know, the Facebookers and Redditors and people on Twitter on whether or not it was good or not. Um, But it's almost like it was kind of interesting writing that way to like a blind audience when it's purely online, when, when it's your friends and you're passing it around or like when I was doing it at my office, like, you know, I would see people reading it and I could see their reactions, but, um, but, and it was like an expected thing. I would do it like every week and they would pick it up and read it. And, you know, they would read it all the way through and then they would enjoy it or not enjoy it. Well, like when you're doing it online, Mm -hmm. um, you kind of have to like get better at marketing, Mm -hmm. um, where you have to think about, what does this first page look like? Is it going to draw the reader in? Is the How title going to read the rest of it? Yeah. Is the title yeah. clickable enough? Because like I've had some really, really funny articles that like mm-hmm. I put in the book, even though they didn't do really well, but right. I don't think they did well online because I just like wasn't good enough at like writing titles, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think is like something that writers don't take seriously enough if they're doing you know, something online. And like, if you're thinking about self-publishing, like I highly recommend um, like put, putting a lot more effort into your titles if, if mm-hmm. you're writing online. Cause you know, that, that, that kind of is, you know, 90% of what determines your success is, is it interesting looking enough for someone to click on it or pick it yeah. up in a book? And, and that's one of the things that, uh, that kills me. I work in, in marketing and advertising and, I every time I, I update like the new episode of the podcast when it comes out, I type in the description and I know that our uh, like marketability towards Google is non-existent because <laughs> I don't do like keywords or anything like that in the description. Oh my it's goodness. Just the like fantasy themed storyline. 
Mm-hmm. And so it the only thing I can use in the entirety of it is the title. <laughs> That's the only yeah. way I can like market it towards SEO. And oh, it's, it's so time, difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I'm just like this, I'm killing myself here, but it's more entertaining for me to do it this way. You know, the funniest, the funniest things I get with SEO on some of my stuff is, um, mm-hmm. so there, there'll be some things in science that like don't have an answer or mm-hmm. are like very under-researched and it's kind of like a mystery. Um, like, um, and, and like, so I'll write an article about it because I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting and it's a funny concept and like a parody research thing. And like one, yeah. so, some of them, some of them end up being pretty funny. Like, um, because since I will have better SEO than anyone else, mm-hmm. then, um, then I'll like rank high on Google, even like alongside the real papers. Um, <laughs> so one of them that I get clicks on all the time from that is, um, like, did you know that like supposedly foxes mate for life? Like they're totally monogamous. Mm-hmm. So, so I wrote one about like why foxes mate for life, even though we don't really know why they do. And that's all reasons like, you know, the divorces are really messy. And, you know, when you have kids, you just don't have time to date anymore. Yeah. Um, that sort of a thing. And then like I get clicks on that all the time from Google. And then the funniest one is, um, did you ever watch that um, Netflix documentary that came out last year on the Homo Naledi? It's like, yeah. Uh, so it's like, kind of a cousin of homo sapiens but they found evidence in this cave system in um i think it's south africa or somewhere in africa um south africa yeah it's south africa so Mm -hmm. so look up homo naledi and then do the image search yeah well there's a couple different ones here the so there, do you see one where where it's like one smoking? Yeah, <laughs> I that see this on your website. That one's mine, <laughs> and I get all these clicks from people <laughs> looking up Homo Naledi. Um, for those that don't know, there was like a ne- the documentary about these guys on Netflix, and <laughs> they're the first recorded uh, instances of burial or like like burying your dead. Um, are these creatures or uh, uh, homo sapien cousins. So I, I wrote one about how like in another cave, um, these homo naledi turned out to be slobs. And I like AI ginned up some like renderings of homo naledi and like, because there's not a lot of research on them. Like I have mm-hmm. really good SEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, cave fossil evidence suggests homo naledi behavior similar to our 23 year old son who won't move out. yeah 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 so the joke is like they find all of this um like trash and like garbage in the cave next to the bones which you know (laughs) if if you ever go caving like that does happen which is a shame um and then the authors are just like yeah just like our son (laughs) these guys are real slobs (laughs) but yeah i never expected it when i wrote it but because there's not a lot of other things on it like i get really great seo for this <laughs> i should have uh, i should have done something similar to this uh anytime there's like a new nasa announcement like oh we found this new planet or whatever oh i did one i did one like that where i got like a ton of traffic 
where I was making fun of those uh, CERN articles, you know, like the mm-hmm. the particle colliders, and yeah. like every like six months to a year, there'll be some article that like gets real hot in media where they're just like they think they discovered a new like force in physics or you know mm. particle they discovered a new particle or, or it's always like CERN breaks physics is almost always yeah. the headline but when you actually read the science behind it it's like no they just wanted a headline to get you to click on it and mm. um like the scientists are just like well we either like found a new force in nature or that's just some weird readings because yeah. <laughs> if you measure things enough then you're going to get weird readings and that's typically what happens um so the, the article was literally like you know certain just broke physics or there's just some weird readings <laughs> and the whole article was just like making- discovered a foreign planet oh actually it was just one of our interns spilled a drop of coffee on the monitor we just got a speck on the lens you know yeah. <laughs> which but that's kind of the funny thing with um like science and the media is mm-hmm. like <laughs> most science and like people complain about science a lot these days because mm-hmm. like they see the headlines and then they find out later, oh, it wasn't true or oh, it was overblown. And it's really Mm -hmm. like the headline writers, like, you know, you get some initial readings that like look promising and then they investigate it more and go, no, 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 it was a fluke. But that happens. I wonder if Um, part of it is just like with NASA in particular, if it's just to keep people interested in the space sciences, it's like, oh, new planets, new planets. Because like if they don't have anything new going on, people are going to be like, well, why are we spending money on this? Oh, I don't know. I mean, we don't spend we don't spend that much money on NASA if you actually look look at it. <laughs> I I don't think it matters if we spend a dollar on NASA. People will be like, "Why are we spending money? They haven't found anything new." Like, we it's gotta just fix our problems here. You know what? Um, like this comes up a lot when people talk about whether or not we should bring dinosaurs back or like the woolly mm. mammoth, and then yeah. people will go on, "Well, what's the benefit of bringing back dinosaurs and woolly mammoth?" And they start talking about the potential ecological benefits and oh well we could use them to do this thing and be a new species that'll improve the environment here and not once will any of those scientists say the number one reason why we should bring back dinosaurs because it would be cool <laughs> we should go to mars not for the science advancement but because it would be cool mm-hmm. and that's that's the number one reason yeah we could put dinosaurs on mars exactly <laughs> or if we're really worried then we'll put we'll we'll, we'll bring the dinosaurs back on mars and um, that way when they get out it's like not not a big deal and um, yeah. then that's like the oh that, that that'll be the next uh, doom video game <laughs> doom was like they found like demons or something underground or something i never played it uh no doom is on mars and then i think it comes back to earth oh they do come back to earth yeah Yeah, sue the t-rex gently drifted off into space today after we jettisoned her from our spaceship (laughs) she was getting a little (laughs) aggressive and we we, you know we didn't want any more of that (laughs) but anyway uh i think we can think it's a good place to wrap yeah, um, yeah, let's wrap up where, there. Let's bring dinosaurs back go? because it would be cool. <laughs> yeah, where can people go and check out all your stuff? All right, so um, there is a website where I posted all, jabdy.com. Um, 
On top of that, uh, if you didn't pick up on this already, you have a book out uh, that we put out uh, this last summer. It's doing well. Uh, every so often we get bestseller ranks, so I could forever call myself a bestseller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All you need is for an hour, and then you can call yourself a bestseller for life. Nice. Um, but that's called um, Et Al, because not all research deserves a Nobel Prize. And it's on um, Amazon and, you know, most book platforms should have it um, by Pact Publishing. Um, really funny, 23 unique uh, science articles that um, you'll probably learn something from it. But more often than not, it's it's mostly just a joke. We do, we do have one article that has absolutely zero science in it. Um, even though it looks like it's science. And that's about what if we put astronauts on a mac and cheese only diet? Um, <laughs> what would be the consequences? That one has zero science, but the rest are sort of based in reality. Um, you can just study like college kids. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but we also post on uh, the subreddit r slash immaterial science. Um, Please post your articles there if you write um, articles like this. Um, we're a growing community, and uh, we have a lot of fun on there. And then I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, my Twitter is at JabD6, and um, what am I on Facebook? If you, if you just look up Journal of Astrological Big Data Ecology on Facebook, you should find me. Um, but it also links in the website. So yeah, I, I hope um, y'all all uh, enjoy all of the content I put out there because I have a lot of fun time writing it. And if you like the book, please uh, uh, rate it on uh, Amazon and Goodreads. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, I really thanks. appreciate you had a fun time chatting about it. I, oh uh, yeah, this I was my first um, my, this is my first ever podcast interview. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. I'm happy. Yeah, I, I look forward to reading the uh, the rest of your book as well. Cause, uh, oh, yeah. That's what we've got through so far. Savor it. It's it's real fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good gift, too. People love it. I have a, I have a lot of professors in my family that work in science backgrounds, so I think they're going to get a good kick out of it. Nice. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for listening. It's been episode yep. 213 of Dead Disruptions podcast. Go check out deadjustoproductions.live. Links to all of our stuff on there. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on, man. Had a really good time. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Awesome. See you guys next time.